welcome to B Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by and then uh, hmm, ignore it. Look at the movies that came out on the exact same day. Now, my name is Lincoln. I'm a comic out here in London, or I was in the before four times. But um, right now, I'm just doing this podcast with my man, Sam. Sam, how you doing? I'm all right, Lincoln. How you keeping? I'm good, my dude. It's been a while since we've recorded. Um, mm. A lot of life has happened. London um, at once beat coronavirus and uh, succumbed to it. And Again. <laughs> It's probably beating it again as we speak. <laughs> mm. um, coronavirus not going away. But yeah, we're here to talk about um, movies. We're here to talk about um, two interesting movies that we watched on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm. One being Natural Born Killers, the Oliver Stone joint. And uh, the other being Police Academy 7, Mission to Moscow, Mission to Moscow. Mm. Um, Sam? Let's start, let's start with Natural Born Killers, right? You love this movie, don't you? Yeah, so when I was, when I was like, I thought I was 12 or 13 when I first saw this movie and it became my favourite movie for like the next 10 years. Um, loved it. Haven't seen it in a long, long, long time, but I still, I think this movie holds up massively. Oh, okay. What about you? This was your, so wait, this is your favourite movie when, when you were how old? Like 12, 13 when I saw it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it's it, it's very much like yeah. a thirteen-year-old boy's. Oh wow, look at all this like violent exploration in a movie. Do you know what I mean? Because it kind of goes. It's weird watching it now. I find it more shocking than I think I did in like two thousand and three. Oh man, I have to say, I have to be. I, I like to keep it real. This movie did not do it for me. This movie does not hold up on rewatch. This movie is more interesting. I think on rewatch, but it does not hold up for me as a movie necessarily. How come? I think um, after the first 20 minutes, I'm mm. like, okay, I get it. Yeah. All right. I get it. Um, that's okay. That's enough, Oliver. <laughs> no more different film stocks. Stick to a film stock now. <laughs> Stick to one film stock now, Oliver. Um, but yeah, old uh, Ollie Stone doesn't want to do that. He's trying to batter you over the head with the visuals, which admittedly some of them are great. Yeah. But I was like, hey man, settle down. All right. I had a hard day at work. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> so, to relax here. Yeah. So a little, uh, like a little interesting thing about this film, like your average Hollywood movie has between seven to 900 cuts. Uh, Natural Killers has over 3,000. Uh, and it and it showed and I, the the thing that I've always wondered but like never researched about the movie is like when when were they on set and they went hey, too much okay like right. hey. it's like three weeks per scene it must have been it must have been they're still su- shooting some of it some of the, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. still shooting some of the scenes <laughs> uh, Natural Born Killers follows the story of Mickey and Mallory these two uh, killers these two couples this two couple this couple who are basically mass murderers they go around um the united states murdering people um they get caught and then they break out of jail which is a very very short explanation for a movie that's actually very complex um because they become uh heroes they become cult heroes and uh people like cheer them on even though that they they are mass murderers but the kind of crux in the film is in in Oliver Stone 
exploring the fascination with them and exploring how people are um, it become invested in them, how we champion murderers. This kind of like uh, you know the courtroom TV. People are super invested in it. Uh, people glorify it to an extent, and um, th- that's kind of where Oliver Stone falls on it, on on the whole you know trial by media thing, and uh, that's where it leaves us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, that because that's well, that's the other really interesting thing about this movie. I think is it it's very it's very clearly like a satire of where like American serial killer culture is going at the moment, and it's right you know it's the it's ninety four, so it's right at the beginning of those um, you know those like all night Jeffrey Dahmer specials. So uh, the, uh, and this is the reason I love it so much because I think you know this. I hate Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Um, and I didn't know it at the time when I first saw it because I was a kid and I loved Tarantino then. I thought it was really cool. But then the the older I got, the more sort of, the more irritating that became. And I find Natural Born Killers is always the film I think that Tarantino would never be able to make in terms of actually being able to say something and make a point with it. Oh, okay. So you, you, the the point of view is what you love about it. The mm. point of view. I, like I said before, I get it, Oliver. I mm. think he. I think weird. Like I said, I don't think the movie is worse or better than the time that I've seen it. Mm. I seem to remember just liking it for what it was. Um, but again, as a thirteen-year-old, and um, the thing that I also remember is the the cover art. The box, yeah. the poster is super iconic. Mm-hmm. I um, I remember that like in the video store, like I remember like you go to the DVD shop, Mr. Video in our case, or V's Video yeah, yeah. or whatever. Like I remember seeing that, and um, it being quite striking, uh, with the bold uh, Woody Harrelson. Um, yeah, I, you know what I would also say. I would also say about this is that I think, like I said, it's more interesting now because if anything the whole 24-hour news culture fascination with murders um that is a big deal now there's literal like huge podcasts about people who's like oh what's my favorite murder like that's a thing yeah people yeah. do that there's a channel now that's dedicated solely to these crimes there's not it's not mm. even in the news anymore yeah, well, I think well, that's 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 what I, another thing I find interesting is that you go you go back to this movie and like you just said, the the murder culture is everywhere, but it's not in the news. And right in '94, it's the other thing that's going to be important to talk about, right? The two things that were two other things that were going on at the time of both of these movies and where there is th- some overlap was was just in the wake of the Rodney King riots and the OJ trial had just finished. And like I said, um, especially given where we are in terms of my favorite crime murder which i again i look man <laughs> murder is your favorite crime i'm, I'm not out here to and my favorite crime is murder <laughs> <laughs> i'm not out here to like shit on other podcasts and other podcast genres because god knows you know we deserve some flack but mm-hmm. i just think it's so ghoulish to be like to have a podcast and be like no but this murder is my favorite can you imagine murdering someone yeah and then there's a podcast about that murder. Like, you know you fucked up. <laughs> you know, <you're, laughs> yeah. Like, you're, you want your murder to be as boring as possible. Um, <laughs> maybe you don't even want people to know that it was murder. Maybe you disguised it like 
like the mafia or something but if you like if you commit a murder and it's like on a podcast you're like oh shit I, well yeah i mean i think you're talking you're, you're talking about uh very specific you're talking about business murder i think i feel like you're talking about the kind of murder where it's like i don't want anybody to know he's missing but the, like the passion murder do you know what i mean like yeah but like no but here's the thing though once you do the passion murder once the passion is out now you have to go into business mode no, you have to <laughs> once you, you have to you call should, your loyal friend with a van yeah. yeah you have to be like sam show up dude don't ask any questions just bring a <laughs> bring a large rug and um some ppe and, um, here we go and that's that's yeah, what you yeah. have to do that is, unless unless you're really proud of the murder and you want to show all your friends yeah but if if that is if that is your energy then the podcast then start your own podcast (laughs) you know what you know what's well i don't think we're far off from that i really don't think we're far off from someone starting a podcast first of all there's no barriers of entry to this shit Mm. anyone can do it you can start a b-plot podcast critique where you just shit on this podcast (laughs) and the only two listeners are me and sam (laughs) yeah yeah maniacs Uh, you can do anything I don't think we are, I think the logical end of this whole thing is someone starting a podcast about a murder that they've committed or crimes that they've committed. And I think there's going to be a section of society that's going to listen to it and there'll be some hand wringing, you know, there's going to be some really, <laughs> um, really vicious Guardian articles. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the end, there's nothing that you can do. Like I said, there's no laws to this shit. It's the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Um and in many cases, maybe that's what Oliver Stone was thinking all along. Maybe he was thinking, playing the long yeah, game. Just also to state, though, uh, the, the there are laws about the murdering part of that podcast. So, you know what yes. I mean, you'd be able... The, the audio is technically the most legal part in that it would be a confession. Yes. No, no, no. But I'm saying you are already, you are already in jail. You've committed the murder. Oh, sorry. You've, you've committed the you murder, there. and in very much like a um, like a skit in a late '90s rap album, um, mm. you are recording this podcast completely over the phone. Um, <laughs> there's also a section of society who's like, "Free this person," and then the, yeah. everyone else is like, "No, we can't free this person because <laughs> they committed a murder." Um, <laughs> but they were such good murders yeah no still yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah natural born killers um, basically tapping into all of that and tapping into the emotion of it it's the the other thing I want to talk about the other thing I want to talk about with regards to natural born killers is it's quite an early it's quite a quick depiction of police brutality and again this is another overlap with Police Academy 7 is again in the wake of Rodney King and I think this is probably going to be my weirdly woke moment for both of these movies, but is the fact that in Natural Born Killers, the cops are worse than the killers. No, they're not. What are you talking about? How are the cops worse than the killers? You Okay, right. Are you talking about Michael to... Michael Madsen's character specifically, or are you talking Do you mean about... Tom Sizemore? Is that Michael Madsen? No, it was Tom no, Sizemore. It's Tom, si- it's Tom Sizemore. The, um, you know what's wild? Is I actually Googled this, and I, I've still come up with the wrong... You've still picked a guy from a Tarantino movie. Yeah, I always get confused. In my defense, they are very confusing. My point being is you got Tom Sizemore, who is the cop trying to catch the killers, who murders a prostitute in a motel room, right? Or murders a sex worker in a motel room. 
um, just to see what it feels like. He's super fucked up. Then he tries to rape Mallory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got the Tommy Lee Jones, who, right, who is the head of the prison, the warden. He's the prison warden who doesn't like it's so clearly shown that he absolutely doesn't care about any sense of rehabilitation and he's really in it to torture the inmates and we see that the moment he walks into the um the lunch hall he has that weird nasal torture device that he uses on the guy who gets a little rowdy in lunch uh and he doesn't care he doesn't care that the journal you know uh, the journalist is dead he doesn't care about his own men he just cares about killing mickey and mallory and i think there's this really great speech where he's talking to um, Tom Sizemore as they're walking through the prison and he, and Tommy Lee Jones is talking about how fucked the system is. And he's talking about how fucked it is because society won't go far enough to damage, to hurt these criminals. And I think in the film, it's like that makes a, the dual statement of fucking serial killer worship culture, but also like police brutality and the the fact that none of this is engineered to make the world a better place. Right. I want to, I want to start with something that you said at the beginning of that time, because you're hundred percent right with those things. Um, I want to start when you said that the cops are worse. Yeah. Than Mickey and Mallory. They cannot possibly, Mickey and Mallory killed 50 people over a three week period. Yeah. Look, the, by stats, by st- Mickey and Mallory are the better players, right? Do you know what I mean? They're the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of, of murder, but the police are the casino of murder. Oh, you said, you know what oh I, mean? I see like, what you mean. They're the house. All right, no, no, yeah. no, no. Fair play to you. Fair play to you. I understand. I understand what you mean. But anyway, sorry, we have to move on. We have to move on to uh, the movie that we're actually here to watch, the movie that I watched in not prime conditions, Police Academy 7. What's 7 in Spanish, Sam? I don't know. All right, come on. I, I only go up to Cuatro you- Cinco Cinco Seis. <laughs> you never get to <laughs> Cuatro Cinco Cinco Seis You don't have a seven What's seven in Spanish? No one on this fucking podcast Has any sort of language ability this is <laughs> I can't count I can barely count to ten in English, dude Oh, man oh, Okay Anyway, I, try, I typed in seven On Google Translate And they just gave me the number seven They didn't give me the, <laughs> didn't give me the word Okay Alright, that's enough That's enough Um Police Academy 7, the um, final, the closing chapter on the great American um, police saga that is Police Academy. Um, First of all, talk to me about the Police Academy movies in general. You've probably seen most of them, have you not? I've I've definitely at some point seen most of them in my teenage stoner years i don't remember any the only thing i remember really about any police academy film is michael winslow's sound effects that's all i i remember michael winslow is the black guy who does the the sound effects in police academy you know the one mm-hmm. um but the police academy movies are very interesting because to be honest with you this is what i was envisioning envisioning this is in what i was rent. seeing in my mind's eye when uh, we started the podcast, is this kind of movie. <laughs> the movie that would be on TV all the time. Um, yeah. The movie that in the late 90s, early 2000s, when you, you know, before you could have any sort of independence, so you just had to watch what was on. Police Academy was on all the time. I remember the first one, Steve Gutenberg, uh, Kim Cattrall, um, in the very first one, and then I think as they went along, the, the movies follow with like one or two paths. The first path is um, there's a mission. Um, 
there's a big villain that they have to overcome and fight. And then the second path is how will we go how are these people going to graduate from police academy? Yeah, <laughs> and the movies yeah. just veer between those two places. So they go on location. There's a I think there's one in Miami that I remember. Mm-hmm. Um there's one where there's like a criminal force taking over the town. Um basically just the t- a town that they never talk about. It's like the town from Power Rangers. It's just like <laughs> in this police academy, police academy seven, they um delve into Moscow. A good four years after the end of the cold after war. the end of the cold war but uh you know what let's go out there they don't know what's going on um yeah do you want to run us through the premise quickly the premise is there's uh ron palman is the leader of the russian mafia mm. and what's he oh god what's he fucking doing he's he's created some new addictive video game yeah okay okay sorry again this is where I can see why this was the last Police Academy because one of the what was the previous film we watched on this podcast with the Apocalypse Two Revelation, the Christian recruitment mm-hmm. movie. I was like, where the where the Christians try try and take control of of uh, the Rapture. Oh, sorry, the the devil tries to take control of the Rapture with a, with a video game. Mm. It felt it felt like it was that, and then what what, what was it? it? It like brainwashes you yeah. again. It it brainwashes you. But this is not a brainwash technique. So, as you mentioned, Ron Perlman has a video game and he's going to try and take control of the world. Um, He's created a very addictive uh, video game that um, if people download it onto their floppy disks and insert it into their computers, um, it will give him access to some secret files. (laughs) Access to every secret computer in the world. And so, um, they have to, basically, the police academy team has to foil this plot. Right, yeah. This was just like, this felt like, it felt like they were trying to do satire and Naked Gun and something else at the same time, none of which works together. And if you don't like police academy movies, this is by far the worst of them. Oh, I don't think anyone likes police academy movies. Um, but they are very crucially on tv um <laughs> yeah the first police academy movie has this kind of like animal house um more like soft moric humor kind of vibe it's a, it's a little bit different because i do think there is like a point in police academy when it switches from a, a kind of a slacker comedy mm. to the kind of naked gun um sight gags airplane style humor yeah but i can't tell you where that is it's probably between four and five <laughs> if i had to yeah if i had to put a pin in there but there is like a, a a shift in in tone um because the first one is also kind of like yeah it's very like animal house revenge of the nerds there's like loads of like ladies with their titties out and stuff and it's like whoa it's exactly yeah. it's four 13 year olds and which is crazy why i'm looking at these two movies now um, when Natural Born Killers is making this grand point to appeal to the mind of a 13-year-old to be like, yeah. oh, shit, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. I'm, it I'm, I understand it. I understand what's being done. Whereas Police Academy is like, whoa, boots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Police Academy is more of like a societal apology. Like Police Academy is like, oh, police brutality. Oops, sorry. No, we, rather- no, we weren't even close to that. Uh, we, don't, we won't even the police academy movies does not even begin 
to broach no, no. systemic police uh, no, violence. No, not all of them. Just mission to Moscow. Mission to Moscow doesn't even, dude. There's a. This is. What a, are you talking about? What is the police brutality in Mission to Moscow? The whole okay. There's like a fucking ten minute scene, bro, where there is a cop complaining about all of the things that are now defined as excessive force. Which ones? Uh, the, the the whole bit where he's like, I, oh, the, uh, this is the cop, and he's like, I used to be able to choke a guy out. Now that's considered excessive force. That guy's you're talking about Tackleberry. That guy's a fucking joke. That guy's not the guy. Tackleberry. What's the d- no. <sighs> See, this you, is the, okay, this wait, is the so, wait, 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 no, 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 go on, bro, take a second, you're gonna tell me, right, that the first police academy released right after the Rodney King riots is gonna be, that they're gonna make this huge joke about excessive force that lasts for way longer than any other bit in the movie, and it's not about, it's like the joke is just, they've gone, ah, it's from nowhere. Yes, I think the joke is on Tackleberry, I think the joke is not on police brutality as a, as a, rule this is the problem with you i've noticed this ever since we've done this podcast you so fuck you're way too woke my dude i don't know i'm you- not well, i'm not saying police academy is saying police brutality is a good thing i'm saying they're taking that's the bit that they're trying to be satirical about i cannot believe in the detritus that is police academy 7 that you have managed to find a some like something to hold on to that you can take away from this movie <laughs> That's my weirdly woke moment for the woke. movie. For the, mo- you think, for the movie. You're saying the movie's woke. I'm saying I'm saying the movie's the surprisingly weird wokeness is taking essentially a naked gun movie and making it like putting this police this police brutality thing at the middle of it. They're trying to just jump on. I'm, I'm not saying it's weirdly woke because they're just trying to jump on the bandwagon at that time. I don't think they've gone. We're, we're the guys to save the world but I think they've gone ah oh, fuck we had these uh, police academy movies that were going real well and now it, it, Rodney King was the first time it was like caught on camera mm. do you know what I mean mm. and they've gone ah oh, fuck we, we were just we were just all getting the old cast back together to go into pre-production for a new police academy movie fuck set it in Russia and then make some jokes about the police brutality to show that we're like ooh not these guys though the joke is on Tackleberry but Tackleberry is the representation of Los Angeles fucking police dude alright first of all there's no <laughs> there's no saying that Tackleberry is is representing the LAPD which is very different I think it's okay. I'll extend an olive branch here. I'm not willing to. Um, I'm willing to give you the weirdly woke moment. Emphasis on the weirdly part, <laughs> not so much mm-hmm. the the woke part. Um, the, the original joke on him, as much as it is about police brutality, as you bring up, is this weird kind of like phallic fascination um, with his gun. Um, yeah, he's really into his guns, and he's really like they're really poking fun of the, the kind of person who would, <laughs> who would be that way, like the LAPD in the fucking early nineties, bro. I don't, I honestly, what you, I know, I'm normally the crazy one, but normally. you're you're the psycho on this, dude. All right, you are like that's insane. I I, I want to put out the two things that me and you have majorly disagreed on, right? I want to put out. A challenge to anyone listening who is willing to endure Police Academy 7 to watch that joke. Because the other thing we disagreed on was whether Eager was playing it straight or not. And I'm still convinced. I'm like, that is a comedy movie. No, I think it was playing it straight. And look, let's not get... Look, we, Sam, we literally do not have time. We literally do not sorry, have time. Sorry, sorry. I forgot how early... It's, I'm angry because it's so early. Okay, That's we why. literally do not have time. But, you know, 
Well, let the listeners decide. I don't think I don't think that is that I don't think that joke is about police brutality specifically. I think it might have generally bubbled up into the ether, but I don't think the people at Police Academy have the um, the people at Police Academy Enterprises. Like I don't yeah, think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the, my point. I'm <laughs> saying they carried it badly. They carried it bad because they're not good at dealing with it. But you're not. Um, look, you know what I will say? I will say, we have to move on to some other things as well. Sorry, Sam. Um, <laughs> we don't have time. Uh, <laughs> um, that the first couple of Police Academy movies, weirdly enough, were big movies. So, in a kind of an interesting way, um, I reckon now this is the kind of bomb. But if we go back through the kind of annals of time, uh, the Presumably, B, uh, Police Academy could be the A plot, could be the the star. Cause yeah, like oh, movie, yeah, yeah. Because the movie was the I saw the first one was made for four million, made about mm. eighty million, although citation uh, needed. Um, and yeah. it is a bit of a, a cult classic. Like I'm not gonna lie, it, it does have like a, a bit of an appeal again because it was always on. The second Police Academy movie, seven million, made hundred and fifteen million. Yeah. So like these movies, and then there's like steadily decreasing uh, returns, and I think up until like four or five, they just all made money. Um, but a couple of things about Police Academy Seven, which actually we haven't talked about it much, because um, there isn't much in terms of substance. But yeah, um, they actually go to Moscow, the Police Academy uh, graduates, the Police Academy team, and already that's offensive because. Um, Russia has this massive problem with uh, organized crime. And what does America do? Sends a group of academy graduates, a group of a group of teachers and one slacker dude um, <laughs> who can do a backflip. And this is this is the people that they send. Um, a couple of uh, notable moments that I enjoyed um, in the airport. Um, I think it's Christopher Lee is the is the foreign general he kisses um commandant lassad our guy um on the lips which i thought <laughs> was very beautiful and then again then in my weirdly work moment and a great example of explaining consent he goes can i kiss you and he goes no and christopher lee goes okay cool <laughs> <laughs> that's how that ends i thought it was quite beautiful and yeah they, mm. they basically try and infiltrate ron perlman uh, who is a Russian gangster, and he um, is very zany. You guys know that. You know what happens. You know he has a hideout. He has a he has a casino, uh, which is just called Casino. Um, <laughs> it's really funny to me. And they try and infiltrate it using various police academy type gags. Um, mm. What are some of your favorite moves? Uh, do you have any sort of like moments that stood out to you as funny or um, notable at all? No, no. <laughs> mm. The uh, the, mm. the the the. the <laughs> I don't find anything funny. Um, that like Winslow's amazing at noises, but that's what I always think whenever I've seen a police academy movie. Is like that guy really has like a weird talent. Yeah. F like if there was a way to put it, if there was a way to measure it, that would be like a Guinness World Record. But Pew. unfortunately, Pew. it's immeasurable. Yeah. Um, did you mind if we go on to uh, categories just because uh, no, let's, we're running, let's out, get of, into we're running it. out of time? Let's get into it. 
um, categories. So, uh, we have categories on this podcast, don't we, folks? We love categories, don't we? Um, some of our pet, some of our favorite categories. Uh, we used to compare these two movies. Um, what we're doing today uh, is we have the weirdly woke moment. So, between... Oh, actually, no. I think we've done the weirdly woke moment. Let's move on straight to uh, instant cancellation, of which there are mm. several. Um, yeah. Uh, let's look at natural born killers first. What would you instantly cancel? What does not age well? We're like, ah, uh, maybe not so I've much. I've got, I've got two cancels. I've got two cancels for natural born killers. Mm. My former favorite movie of all time. One is 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 a weird one. It's the Mickey and Mallory. Um, they get helped. They get help from a Native American man, mm. right? Um. Uh, and they're sleeping with him. They're sleeping like in his home overnight. He keeps rattlesnakes. They both get bitten by rattlesnakes, accidentally kill the old man, and they run to the drugstore to try and get the snake venom. And this is where the police finally catch up with them. And they have news crew with them. The police have news crew with them. And there's a Japanese lady like doing news for Japan. Yeah, uh, on the thing, and she keep and she keeps you know obviously speaking in Japanese, and all the subtitles are silly. So it's like Mickey is quite virile. And, the, and it's this weird one where it's like, yeah, that's, there's this, it's like, it's a, it's a stereotype. And I'm like, I'm just struggling to find the satire in it. So I'm like, oh, I think this is just like a, like an off-brand joke from 1994 when everyone was like, that's okay. The, uh, and the other one is just the use of the Patti Smith song. Cause I just don't like the Patti Smith song. Which Patti Smith song? Uh, I'm not going to say the whole title, but the rock and roll N-word. Oh, I didn't know that that was the one. Huh. So it's it's uh, the reason it, it's just because I know a little thing about it is because she's she's like, no, that word is to identify all of us as outsiders. And she called she was like, Mick Jagger is a perfect example. I was like, well, oh, OK. I didn't know that. Cancel the song. I would definitely get Tackleberry <laughs> into Natural Born Killers because I actually think he fits completely. Uh-huh. He fits 100%. Even like the whole obsession with um the phallic nature of his gun is a point that is so obvious that um Oliver Stone will not be able to resist it. Um, <laughs> and it would fit in perfectly in, into the kind of like the the tapestry of that movie. Um and if I had to get anyone from Natural Born Killers over to Police Academy 7 it would be Tommy Lee Jones for the same reason. I yeah. Think I think Tommy Lee Jones is um, off the off the charts, cartoonish, mm-hmm. broad even. Um, works absolutely perfectly in that joint. Um, just quickly wrapping up, we need to do genre blend. So natural born killers. If you genre blend, twist it. If you could twist it ten degrees to the left, make it a different kind of movie. What would you do? I twist uh, ten degrees to the left. I reckon natural born killers would it's already it's already so many genres it's hard to find one that it doesn't hit so true. but I would like to see it right as a sorry the answer is not funny but the I would like to see it played as a rom-com okay because I mean I, I want to I want to see it played straight down the middle because the the I, the thing I find enduring about this movie is the love story between Mickey Mouse because it's fucking it's horrible it's twisted but that's the that's the humanity part that you can connect to to go yeah okay well okay the murder thing's not so bad and I I want to see it just played as if it's um 
you know that Amy Adams movie Enchanted with James Marsden mm-hmm. I want to see it played as if they're like they come from real world but they go into lovely rom-com world and they're just like okay let's get to killing yeah um I would love to see this movie as Commandant Lassard, the he because he basically gets separated at the airport from everyone else. Uh, Liam Neeson taken style. He he gets into the he gets into the wrong um, car, <laughs> and he basically his B plot, you know, roll credits is um, is him living with this Russian family and mm-hmm. just spending time with them and not realizing it. Also, Mister Magoo style, not realizing that these aren't people that he should be around he is (laughs) he is an idiot but um i really like the idea of like a sundance film festival style um documentary about Mm. not documentary sorry like small indie film about this man who gets into the wrong um gets into the wrong car and he just has this beautiful relationship with this russian family like what's that movie do you remember the movie where russell crowe was in 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 tuscany no um i think it's called a beautiful year or something outrageous like that um yeah basically i would love to see him just like you know living in the russian countryside and Mm. coming to grips with the family and you know falling in love and all that kind of beautiful things i think that would work 100 percent um yeah, you're yeah. right about natural born killers. There's too many different genres to ever really possibly because uh, Oliver Stone has done the blending uh, for us, mm. so we don't have to worry about that. Um, there was one more thing that I wanted to say that I completely forgot, which is shout out to Rodney Dangerfield, basically ruining mm-hmm. his career in the sense that it was it became impossible for me to laugh after. And we've said this when we did the ladybugs or the ladybugs. Rodney Dangerfield, the evil. Is yeah. in there. And, and 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 it only really just struck me why it has to be Rodney Dangerfield is because you need someone who can deliver that scene with the mm. with the same rhythm and timing of a comedian. Yeah. It has to be someone who <clears throat> it has to be someone who's able to hit the beats mm. properly. Well his yeah, I mean his obviously his delivery style is so iconic that you don't have to do anything. The laugh track, it makes it, again, for anyone listening, it's um, Ronnie Dangerfield plays Juliette Lewis's abusive father. And the whole story is played out like a traditional sitcom mm. but with horrible words instead of punchlines. But it's because he's so recognized. But this is, this, is the, this was the first time I'd seen Rodney Dangerfield. Mm. So for me, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, this guy does like, PG comedy? Yeah. Wild. Um dude, sorry man. We have to we have to get going. We have to get going. We have to start the rest of our days. We uh really wanted to get this podcast out for you guys because um as you know we're going down to two weeks or over to two weeks and we just wanted to get stuff get something out. And uh, I also wanted mm. to um see how Sam's doing. Um <laughs> that's also part of why we record is I just wanna chat to him, say, Hey, you alright my dude? You okay? <laughs> you okay over there? Like all of these kind of things checking in that's what we do on this podcast checking in mm. um sam anything else you want to say Nah, i'm all good just you know stay safe stay safe guys all right next time bye